0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Pocketnow Weekly Podcast. I'm your host Joshua Vergara. What's going on everybody? This week we have Nick Gray of Fandroid back on the show and he presents Fandroid's Best of IFA 2020 Awards. Uh, So serendipitously I didn't realize that he was putting out those awards uh, the very morning that we recorded this podcast and it was very pertinent because it brought us to a conversation about IFA and the fact that we weren't able to go to Berlin this year for obvious reasons and we also reminisce a little bit about uh, IFA's of past years while talking about the products that did make a bit of a splash at this year's show. There is a little bit of talk about devices after the break, mainly about the OnePlus 8T, now that we apparently have word that it is going to come in the next month or so and be a very welcome update to the 8 Pro, which we still believe is a great phone for 2020. After that, some thoughts on the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2. Continuing my whole discussion and just the thoughts that I keep having about this foldable device. What exactly is it bringing to the table other than just a much more fun experience uh, because it is able to be a tablet that is fitting in your pocket so with all of that said let's go ahead and jump into the episode with nick gray editor-in-chief of fandroid enjoy um by the way did anyone just see if you're watching the facebook video um a mouse cursor just floated by nick (laughs) this one (laughs) yeah so are you ob what is this is this like a screen stream
1: obs Oh, okay. I figured because I'm using my Sony, so there's no way for me to get my Sony camera. Yeah, it's oh, so, my eye. So it's funny that you mentioned this because uh,
0: part of the reason why Nick is on the show this week is, um, I mean, there are certain people that are like recurring guests, and there are people that are like always on the show. Nick, TK, in particular, um, and especially not especially, probably half and ha- half of the time when plans that I make for the podcast kind of fall through and I need a backup plan, I can always rely on them. So they're always like super friends of the show and always great. And I have no problem having them on very often. So Nick is one of those people and he's actually using the software that prevented Thunder E from bored at work from being on the show because he couldn't get the Sony webcam software to work. Um, I knew the workaround would be OBS, which is what you're proving.
1: Yeah, so the the Sony remote uh, application for Windows works just fine. Unfortunately, you don't have an input option whenever you're trying to take that from just showing up on your display on Windows to using it for a video call on Skype or any other third-party software. So, uh, OBS is a must have, but OBS then requires an additional plugin to be installed. It honestly took me about three weeks in order to get the setup working fine. Um, but I wish I recorded the amount of time that, uh,
0: Thunder you and e... Thunder E were trying to figure it out. Yeah. Cause it was really hilarious. Cause Thunder E is like, he's, he's one of the coolest guys out there. And, um, He's, like, very calm and collected uh, probably the majority of the time. And then he opens up a YouTube video of someone trying to sh- set up the image cam software. And, of course, mm-hmm. the, in the YouTube video, he he does it easily. And then he starts complaining about how some info is at the end of the video that should have been at the beginning of the video. And he's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, yeah. So, that it's YouTube troubleshooting is always, like, a super fun thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Nick has always got a good setup also. Got those wooden slats that he spent like a week putting up. I see BB-8 in front of a 100,000 subscriber plaque.
1: Yeah. Uh, is my
0: video frozen for you, though? It is now. Oh, man. Oh, there you go.
1: There we go.
0: Yeah, you're fine now. This is fun.
1: <laughs> OBS is a great tool when it works and not so great when it doesn't. You know what? It's it's a little bit...
0: It's pretty smooth now. I usually expect OBS... Um, when you route your your cameras to OBS, and then you route OBS to a streaming platform, like even this or Skype, usually there's a big delay, but you don't have a big delay.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, OBS has a uh, delay input that you can set as well so that it syncs to your audio a little bit more. So I have it on a like 20 second uh, delay for the audio, uh, oh. but you can still see my voice comes slightly before you can see my mouth moving (laughs) yeah well in any case nick back on the
0: show super fun to have uh to have like just a quick chill one hour on this saturday morning um (laughs) by the way if anybody is wondering or if anyone's keeping score um it's about 10 o'clock in the morning for me right now which is also the time that tk does his show saturday mornings with tech so Nick is available, TK is not. <laughs> uh, so that's always a the fun way part it goes. Of it. Yeah, it's always how it works. Uh, but in any case, we do have a few things to talk about today. But one thing I wanted to put out there just as sort of like not really a check in, but I wanted I always like having more nebulous uh, topics. Nothing specifically product based at the beginning of the show. First of all, how have things been? I, I think we saw you a couple of weeks ago.
1: Uh, things have been going good. Just working, working, uh, trying to get through a backlog of content and yeah, uh, just keeping up with all the uh, announcements that we got this week with the IFA trade show.
0: So this is the thing. OK, okay so shifting gears, I'll get back to my other question in a second. Um, IFA is technically ending today. Mm -hmm. and of course news has been coming out over the last couple of days and have you found it like on the one hand if we were in berlin it would have been a a good time b it would have been like a crazy time because of all of the announcements happening to our faces but now that we're home not in berlin the show's happening have you found it hard to to like i don't know i don't feel connected to anything going on at ifa
1: Yeah, so I mean, IFA is a little bit different than Mobile World Congress and um, CES when it comes to mobile tech. uh, Those shows typically have a lot more. IFA has been traditionally more TVs, computing, uh, home appliances type announcements. So Mm. there's never really been... um, a really good engagement from our side of the industry because uh, the products that are typically unveiled there are a little bit different and not things that we typically cover. But when we're on the ground there, it's a little bit easier to find the products that you know more align with what we're trying to cover. Yeah. Um, so this, I, I've been to IFA twice. This would have been my third time. I was really looking forward to it. Uh, but I feel not being on the ground and being at the event is definitely detrimental for a show uh, like IFA from our perspective because there are mobile announcements. they are fewer and far between, but when you're there on the ground and you actually get some hands-on time with some of these devices that are unveiled, it makes it much more engaging than simply getting a press release and reporting on a press release.
0: Yeah, and obviously we've because I don't know a lot of the news that has come out from like things happening in Berlin, like for example, mostly Huawei and Honor stuff. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know, like there's not this sort of sense of urgency in my in my head to like figure out what's going on with them or do videos or do content on it. Like, obviously, Pocket now ha- and probably Fandroid has like articles on that stuff. Yeah. obviously, but yeah, other than that, it just doesn't feel like this year's IFA, despite still happening, had much of a sense of urgency to it?
1: Uh, well, I mean, that's the thing. has never been a big product launch event True. for mobile. Uh, there, It's typically, you know, here's some new technologies that are coming for mobile, or here's a product that uh, we've known about it's, you know, an upgrade over last year, but it's not one of the flagship products like there's typically not a flagship product announced at IFA. Sony typically has some mid-range smartphones that they unveil. Uh, they didn't show off anything this year. LG typically has some mid-range devices as well. They didn't show off anything at for this year. So because uh, the trade show was significantly smaller than it's been in the past, like this is, they limited it to a couple thousand press and that's about it. Yeah. Usually this is, IFA is technically the largest technology trade show in the world, mainly for the fact that they open it up to the public. So they have hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people uh, at the trade show space there over the course of the week. Uh, But no public, a lot fewer manufacturers showed up to unveil things in person. And then even fewer uh, media and press showed up than I think they were expecting, even with the limited number that they had in place. Mm -hmm.
0: And we were were about to, I don't know about you, but like there were plans in place to go and mm-hmm. like we were registered with IFa, we still are and what was funny was when i got the email that that came back and was like your press accreditation has been approved i'm like oh great
1: great <laughs> i don't know what i'm gonna do with that but thank you <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah the it, it's uh it's not necessarily that okay so i've said this many times throughout this entire like quarantine era of the podcast um is that i would love to go places i straight up and missing like actually being in the thick of things. Um on top of that though, or rather on the other hand though, I am enjoying this sort of like even though there's like the whole like backlog thing that Nick was saying, I'm enjoying this like peace that I kind of have, just being at home and just kind of working at my own pace. Um but yeah like <laughs> we literally weren't able to go regardless. So regardless of like me being diabetic and still being
1: worried about how this whole thing can affect me
0: it's not like the borders were open for us americans anyway (laughs) no
1: we wouldn't have been able to go unless we somehow made it into europe and had a 14-day quarantine beforehand uh but yeah anyone from the u.s definitely not allowed to go so And,
0: and some people were saying like yeah but you know what two weeks in another place would be would be awesome yeah if you can if you like stay in your hotel room though like you can't go that, anywhere that's
1: that's the thing you have to be quarantined in mm-hmm. an isolated location it's not like you can go to a country and say i'm quarantining by you know going, going sightseeing yeah exactly yeah that <laughs> doesn't work so yeah. but i mean i i still think there were some decent announcements around ifa yeah uh, what
0: uh, what what stood out to you
1: so we actually just right before we started the podcast i just published our best of ifa awards uh, oh. For Fandroid, uh, so I mean, things that we included were things that were uh, announced in and around IFA. Uh, so things like the Galaxy Fold two, um, the a uh, couple different devices from Lenovo. They had a new smart clock, uh, the Smart clock Central, which is a Google Assistant smart clock with without a display, an LCD display, but an LED display that just shows the time and weather. Uh, kind of interesting if you're looking for you know a smart speaker that uh, has a little bit more than what a nest mini would offer uh, mm. if you're looking for something you know to put by your bedside but then tcl showed off their new next paper display technology which yeah. is a combination of lcd technology and epaper uh, that they're going to be introducing next year on you know a first wave of devices using this and For those who don't know, TCL makes displays that other manufacturers use on their devices, so it's most likely going to be available for other manufacturers to use as well. But reducing power consumption by 65% over an LCD display Mm -hmm. uh, while being like 30 to 35% thinner uh, and then having higher contrast of uh, 25% over a standard LCD display, just taking displays in a different direction. We've seen a lot of innovation around LED displays and AMOLED. Uh, So this is something different on the LCD side, which I I think is going to be beneficial because we've all been um, kind of bottlenecking ourselves just looking at one technology. And if we open things back up to other types of technology, I think it opens up for more innovations uh, then, rather than just trying to pursue one avenue for that, and people are like hearing the
0: term "paper," thinking like, "Oh, it's like a, it's like a Kindle thing." No, no, no. Like there, there have there has been coverage from the show floor of things like media playing on the next paper display.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so whoa. they're they're intending this to be something that's used more for tablets rather than smartphones, uh, mm-hmm. larger form factors. I think the the highest resolution they have right now is full HD or. F- full HD or full HD plus, with a larger form factor as in like a seven and a half or an eight inch display. So it, it doesn't have the pixel density that you would want yet for a smartphone, but who knows, maybe in two to three years, they might have, you know, the next second or third generation of this product available for, you know, smaller devices. And I think that's where, you know, we've always been looking at processors, um, and uh, batteries in order to kind of solve the battery issue that we've had with smartphones, and you know, battery innovations are coming every year. They're slightly getting better. And the same goes with processors. They keep getting more efficient. But the display yep. technologies really haven't gotten more efficient. They have on the AMOLED side, uh, just because you know if a black pixel's not lit up, it's not consuming any power. But on the LCD side, we really haven't seen any bump up in that respect so something like this definitely is cheaper than amoled uh and could give you those battery improvements as well so mm-hmm. who knows it could be interesting
0: yeah i just pulled up your uh for, for the rest of the uh, announcements or the awards rather uh make sure you head into the show notes i i'm gonna go ahead and put the link to fandroid's uh, mm-hmm. awards in the in the show notes, uh, a couple of other ones that are here. Obviously, obviously, the the show this week is going to center around the Galaxy Z Fold Two. Um, between mm-hmm. the two of us, I'm the one who has one, so um, like that, that's not a flex. I'm just mentioning <laughs> total
1: flex. Yes, <laughs> Samsung, send me a Fold Two. No, I I definitely think it's worthy of the award. Um, last year's device was innovative simply because it was the first true foldable device that from a major manufacturer that was available but it has its had its flaws and this year i think they solved pretty much all the major complaints that we had from last year's device making it a lot more robust increasing the size of the display on the outside while making the folding mechanism more sturdy and more reliable um, the only downside is the price, but it's still a premium product. So it's going to carry a premium price for, I would say the next two to three years. And, you know, if you have the money to spend on it, it's, it's definitely the best device in the category.
0: Yeah. And well, it's a, it's a fairly small category, by the way, yeah. anybody who's not using the, uh, or not watching the video version over on Facebook, um, the, I'm showing off the big screen of the Z Fold 2. This is the thing, like <laughs> we're talking about Aoifeh. Google Photos has been showing me so many photos from past EFA. So oh, I love,
1: love Google Photos.
0: <laughs> here's a throwback. This is Brandenburg Gate, and that's uh, myself and Lon Wen. Who like? Shouts out to Lon. I don't know if he ever listens to Pocket Now. uh But yeah, my old colleague at Android Authority. This was us. I think we were reviewing. I think we were doing content with the uh, what was the LGV that came out at that time? V
1: was it two years ago? Yeah, V40
0: it's got to be v40 then yeah um but yeah we that's the wide angle selfie uh like turning the phone around i should say the wide angle on the rear um but yeah so yes we will talk about the z-fold two a little bit later and i continue to have existential crises regarding this phone because as fun as it is i'm still questioning like just what exactly am i getting out of this other than more fun like, that's my number one question. So we're going to talk about that later. Um, So best of Fandroid, going back to it. We do have a couple of other things that, like, might be interesting. Like, we did hear from ZTE with their Axon 20 5G having the actual, like, the first ever consumer-grade or consumer-ready uh under-display camera. Selfie camera.
1: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we've... I think we've seen a couple prototypes of this going back at least a year now, uh, they've been, you know, leaks before that, but rearranging the sub pixels of uh, an OL, OLED display in order to make it uh, essentially add perforations to the display so that the camera below it can actually see through it. But then they added some additional uh, layers to the display itself that allow the camera to, um, absorb more light through the pixels that are there, uh, resulting in a under-display camera that you can't actually see from the front of the phone. Which, honestly, the the usability of this, who knows? I I we haven't seen uh, any real world real world camera tests with this yet to see how it actually compares to a standard front-facing camera. Uh, but. You know, innovation for innovation's sake I think is never good but this is innovation to improve the user experience on the one end for people who really have an issue because there are a lot of people who seem to have issues with hole punch front facing cameras or notches Uh, Mm -hmm. I personally don't Uh, they are annoying to look at but I don't have an issue with them
0: (laughs) I'm looking forward to when this will be a thing and if anyone out there uh again is keeping score uh i already have my favorite phone of the year and it's the it's it's the phone that actually achieves the complete 100 percent screen no cutouts whatsoever and it's the zenphone 7 and the zenphone 7 pro mm-hmm. um but this is like a different take on that instead of instead of doing a flip mechanism camera you're literally hiding that camera under the display and we saw this from oppo last year out of innovation day i remember i did a couple of uh, videos on it um and it's it's really cool it's really awesome and being able to just have all display all the time is a good deal um but ZTE was able to put it in a actually you have it written here it's a mid-range phone
1: <laughs> i i would say it's a low-end phone i mean uh, it's 200 or i can't remember what the price you have 322 that. here 322 yeah so i mean it's you know, mid-range phones, we're typically talking about, you know, five hundred, four to $600, but this is below that. Granted, mm-hmm. this is China pricing, uh, and that's a conversion from the price over in China. But that's still a very cheap device when you consider it, it would be cheaper than a Pixel 4a. Yeah. Um,
0: unfortunately, and I can, I can give people a quick peek behind the veil, um, so far from our contacts at ZTE, they have no word whatsoever on review units. So we have no idea when we're <laughs> going to be able to Not going to gonna happen. Not going <laughs> to happen.
1: No, I, I, I'd imagine this is going out in limited quantities. They're going to be sampling them um, to, you know, influencers and media within that specific market. Uh, but I, I can't imagine they're planning on selling more than. A half a million of these, at best. Mm. So I, you know, it, it's one of those things where you know they might be a, a big marketing push just to showcase the innovation. But ZTE has never been one to really flaunt uh, the innovations that it does come out with. So yeah, um, it, it's one of those things. You know, once Oppo does it, oh, you you can imagine everyone's going to have a version of that device that they're going to be showing off. So no. yeah. just, just wait another couple months, because I, I, I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing, I don't know, maybe even a half dozen different ones before the end of the year. Yeah, maybe so. Um, okay. And then uh, one last thing I wanted to point out from the,
0: uh, again, uh, check the show notes for FanDroid's Best of for 2020. Um, the, the Snapdragon 400 series with 5G. Okay. So... This is great, don't get me wrong. Qualcomm, whenever they announce a new processor, we all get really excited for it. Uh, this year has really proven that that Qualcomm can create great experiences across their different series, 765G, 730G, and the Pixel 4a, all of these things, right? So 5G coming to a 400 series, the reason why this sort of makes me chuckle is because, okay, even though we all were wrong that the 765 and the 765G um, we we thought they were going to be mid range, like decidedly mid range, but they ended up being super solid performers. Mm-hmm. Um, the four hundred, a whole different story. It's obviously not a seven hundred series. No. Nope. So um, this is the thing. What good is it to have the fastest internet possible if the phone itself is lagging? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: so 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 here's the thing. The we I think we get caught up on the fact that. Um, cheap phones are low budget not really performing well but the newer versions of the 400 series chipset are actually decent okay. and and you have to remember like the only time that you would feel the internet lagging while you're using it would be in a web browser And you honestly get that experience even on a high-end device because a web page is loading and it's loading all of the ads and all the tracking algorithms. And there's very little that's actually going on with the content itself and the layout of the page. There's all this other stuff on the background that actually causes a web page to load and lag. And 5G really doesn't solve that because the browser is just trying to keep up with everything that's going on in the background. Yes. But if you have a 400 series chipset and you're trying to download 5 gigabytes of music from the cloud and you can do that in a minute versus doing that in 15 minutes that's where 5g becomes a huge factor there same goes for if you you know you're heading out and you have a slow phone and you want to download Netflix shows, you want to download a whole, a whole season of Netflix shows, because you know, you're not going to have internet, you know, in an hour or two, if you're going out into the middle of nowhere, and you want to have these shows with you, you can do that in five minutes versus doing it in an hour. Hmm. Um, And, you know, watching Netflix on a, you know, a cheap $200 phone really isn't that much of a difference than watching it on, you know, a flagship tier device. Besides, you know, the display, you know, you're not getting an HDR10 display or, you know, higher resolutions than that, but the 5G connectivity can allow you to prep what you want to do a lot quicker than, uh, that being said, you know, streaming, you know, online games or something like that you're going to have that bottleneck of the the power performance ratio of that cheaper processor. So you're not going to be playing Call of Duty Duty mobile at highest frame rates. (laughs) But having 5G can reduce your ping. Yeah, reduce your ping, uh, you have good latency. And your your latency and everything like that. So it does lead to a better experience, even though the processor can't deliver the graphic experience. But the connectivity experience is going to be better
0: which i agree with and and there's no there's no denying that a good download speed it benefits everybody um, mm-hmm. you know, across the board no matter what phone you're using it's just it's just kind of i get this image in my head of somebody like opening up let's say call of duty mobile and even though they have like the most stable connection ever like the phone overheats or <laughs> like it does something and it just it just hinders the 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 fundamentals of the experience
1: uh, but so what you're forgetting is that's the experience that so many pc gamers have they mm-hmm. they they upgraded their hardware enough so that they can play a game at 720p at 300 frames per second and have a really good internet connection but it's still 720p they don't want to increase their resolution because then they lose all their fps so yeah. like everyone's making compromises right and this is the thing though like this is going to allow 5g for people who don't have money to spend on the on, higher end. on the higher end it's yeah, one of the it, at some it's point, one support of these gonna be a problem, right like yeah. the, the
0: carriers may or may not have like people i know are already getting notices that their phones will not support upcoming networks yep um iphone 4s one plus eights like all not sorry not one plus eights one plus uh is oh, it which five one? it must six? be five that my yeah. that my cousin has yeah um not a one plus eight what am i talking about i'm giving him a one plus eight to keep up <laughs> um that's the that's the point um Yeah, they're already getting end of. (laughs) They're already getting uh, end of term or end of service. I don't know what the term Mm -hmm. is, but yeah, they're getting those end of life, end of life, which is I don't like saying end of life, (laughs) but yeah, like those are the terms.
1: Yeah, no, and so this is the thing. It's going to be bring five G connectivity down to the low level. It's not the lowest level. There are cheaper chipsets than that, uh, you know, in the hundred dollar phones, but. Uh, it kind of levels the playing field as far as connectivity speeds go, pretty mm-hmm. much for I would say eighty five percent of the market. Uh the issue still lies in five G connectivity is not as fast as what we've been promised so far, and yeah. it's not quite as available as what they say it should be. And then and you can so get in the weeds about
0: millimeter wave and
1: like sub six and all that. I've 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 given up on millimeter wave. I mean, come on. Like they say I have millimeter wave at my house and I, from Verizon and I do not. Oh, I have, I have,
0: I have close to nothing here in my suburbia. And yeah, like the phone will say 5g and then I hit download on something and I'm still waiting. Like I still have to get a coffee
1: or something. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, those issues are going to get solved within the next year or two. Um, but You know, the fact that these chipsets are coming and they're coming to cheaper devices means people will have 5G and once the networks are ready, their phones will will be ready. And it's not going to be a super premium investment that they're going to have to make in order to get it.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's our, uh, sort of roundup of EVA. I'm glad that we were able to, uh, it's good that you
1: were able to put your best of IFA awards up because it, it served as a good backdrop for the first half of this show. <laughs> I, I started working on it this morning and I, I thought it would be a quick thing just to push out. And I was like, no, this is taking a little bit longer because there was a lot of good stuff. It was just trying to narrow down, you know, what, what's deserving of the awards. Uh, and I think, you know, the, We do get a lot of that with IFA, with the technology standpoint. It's not just about the products that are announced. It's about the underlying technology that enables the products going forward. And uh, it's always nice to highlight some of those in our awards, because, you know, a year from now, we're going to be using products that have these technologies, and it's nice to know uh, how to trace them back to where they started. Mm Mm-hmm,
0: indeed. Um, Alright, cool. Well, uh, there is one last product from IFA that I wanted to ask Nick why why didn't he get an award, but we're going to talk about that right after the break. Alright, back from the break, and I got yet another notification on the Z Fold 2 that I'm uh, being shown photos from my return from IFA like, last year, um, <laughs> which is the one that Isa and I were very blessed to be able to go to together. Um, so, there was one thing, you you mentioned LG during the first half of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why didn't you give that mask an award? Like, isn't that like the most relevant product of all time right
1: now? <laughs> so being an Android site, we typically have to <laughs> adhere to something related to Android. It, and it probably
0: has a Bluetooth connection. Well, I, it probably doesn't. <laughs> I,
1: I have no clue. It, I, I saw it, and I I was I was looking at it because they they announced that I think last week they like yeah it was like before the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it it was technically within the purview of the show. Um, I don't know if they send me one and I can test it out, I might consider it for like an editor's choice award or something. But (laughs) no, it it it's not pushing the uh, mobile technology industry forward. Maybe yeah, the indeed. the health and safety industry for definitely not not things that I'm typically
0: which into. is actually another thing like um, uh, Eva is way more than mobile like you said and we actually have a lot of fun looking at things like appliances and just there's random some crazy stuff. appliances everyone's
1: <laughs> freaking out about this uh, countertop dishwasher that was unveiled I'm seeing more photos of that than anything else
0: interesting I, I haven't run across that yet. Um, Speaking of which, actually, we can give a couple of shout outs. Um, we do know some people who are on the show floor. We like, have mm-hmm. Nicole Scott from Mobile Geeks. Yep. Um, She's the one freaking out about that. Gotcha. Um, Tommy Adadayo,
1: he is yeah. uh, Gadgets Boy, is there as well. And he is as well. Yeah. He, he's freaking out about the countertop dishwasher. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. Um, you should keep up with his Twitter because I think he posted like three pictures of it.
0: Oh, well, oh, like. OK, like, yes, um, I guess I didn't run across it on Twitter, but I followed. I mean, I've seen stuff uh, Gadgets Boy in particular posts so much on Instagram. I'm surprised he hasn't posted yeah. on Instagram. So, I yeah, don't know. who knows? He, he, um,
1: he's anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. If you're trying to keep up with Aoife, uh, both of those are really good options to keep up. And Nicole was presenting and interviewing uh, a lot of ceos yeah. uh during during the show so uh she's got some great inside coverage as well that most of us typically don't have access to yeah ifa is well i mean granted
0: there's a german wing of uh mobile geeks so uh, it stands to reason well, no
1: no no mobile geeks is german well the and reason they- why i say <laughs> yeah
0: because <laughs> they had they had well okay so the reason why i say that is because they did have a wing in taiwan as well so like i was differentiating between the two sides yeah. um but yeah like uh berlin was where we met nicole um i know I, I don't think that was the first time i met her but that was when we definitely spent some over some spent some time together for the for the first uh time um but yeah like it's i don't know we'll, one day we will see berlin again um Okay, so we do have some other stuff to talk about uh, before I get to the Galaxy Z Fold stuff, Z Fold 2 stuff. We do have one thing that uh, sort of popped up this week, and I thought it was interesting because apparently Android Central is OnePlus's favorite company, favorite publication right now. Well, uh, Android Central consistently has these, like... Exclusives when it comes to upcoming OnePlus releases, they uh, they talked about the Clover last week, which is a lower mid-range phone that apparently will be coming to the U.S. So if you were looking for a OnePlus Nord, that you're you're not going to get in the U.S. It's going to be something very less that. Um, But apparently, um, and broke by uh, broken or what's the term? News broken by Android Central. the OnePlus AT is officially on its way and it will be mm-hmm. launching very soon and a p- potentially in October. It will have a 120 hertz AMOLED panel. Always great to see. OnePlus has, they didn't really pioneer the high refresh rate screen, but they did popularize mm-hmm. it, I guess, in the US. Um, and
1: kind of standardize it across all of their devices. Yes. Which is the, the main thing. Like there's so many great devices that are on the market from good manufacturers, but like in the case of the Note 20 Ultra, going from the 120 hertz refresh rate down to 60 of the regular Note 20. I mean, that's a $1,000 device, and they went with a 60 hertz refresh rate display. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the 8T having things like the
0: 865 Plus, I love that it says here our insider source has confirmed um, the OnePlus Plus 8T has the uh, Snapdragon 865 Plus offering eight gigabytes of RAM, 120 gigabytes of storage, probably the base model. Um, and looking at the actual device, like there's a, there's like a render. Um, it, it basically looks like the OnePlus 8 Pro uh, for the most part. Um, I don't think we're going to get the kind of change or shift that the 7T brought because. If I'm honest, the 7T was a way more favorable phone to me than, uh, or desired phone to me than the 7 Pro was last year. Because the 7 Pro just kind of went too far with the curve and the, as much as I like the pop up uh, camera, like it just, I don't know, the actual performance of the camera wasn't amazing. Um, It was quirky, (laughs) while the 7T just sort of refined things and just made it easier to use a high end device.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, the, the other main point of the leak was that it's going to have a flat display as opposed yes. to the curved display, just
0: like the 17. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so I, I think this is a combination of, we were taking some of the best features of our best phone, marrying them with, um, the cameras of our second best phone, because the, the camera leaks, show that it's mostly going to be the camera of the OnePlus 8 rather than the 8 Pro. Mm. Um, So you get a downgrade in the camera, but then for a lot of people, me specifically, a flat display is a massive upgrade over a curved display every single time. I know it does not look as good. It makes the phone feel just a little bit larger, but when you actually go to use it, it is significantly better. And yeah. I can't state that enough. A flat display is exponentially better than a curved one.
0: Well, it's that whole idea. It's like, it's, we used to use current, well, we still do, but like, Using car analogies to describe phones, uh, I remember a lot of us used to say like we like boxy better, like all these curves. There's too many curves. Like
1: you know, I want um, a boxy hatchback. That's what I want.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I have, Nick and I have been talking about cars actually, and this is this is a reference. Um, I, I've been wanting a classic Golf for a while, a classic GTI, I should say. Um, but yes, yeah, so you're right about the cameras. It is a bit of a it's, it is a bit of a downgrade. It looks like uh, 48 megapixel main lens, 16 megapixel ultra wide. So it's not the forty eight megapixel ultra wide, which was mm-hmm. which honestly has been my favorite part of the eight pro is the fact that both the cameras that I would want to use are high powered. Um and then of course like OnePlus just can't get away from it. A five megapixel macro and a two megapixel portrait. That's, like
1: <laughs> uh, it's like th- those are throwaway lenses. Like just don't you put could, them there. We, won't, you could, we, we you would could have nothing to complain about if they
0: weren't there. Yeah, exactly. You could
1: get rid of them. Just <laughs> do it in the software, and you'll be just fine. Exactly. Um, but then this is only going to have, unlike the Nord, only a single front-facing camera, right? I think so, yes, because it looks yeah.
0: like it's the cutout again. Yeah. So. Um. So that, then that's fine. And you know what? I'm, I'm looking forward to it, like a flat display. That's why people were talking about... I've been talking to multiple people recently about Note 20 Ultra versus Note 20. And even though leading up to the Note 20s, if they were getting them appearing in, um, you know, to their doorsteps, everyone was writing off the Note 20. And then they realized, oh, man, this flat display is pretty dope, though. <laughs> like People were actually extolling the virtues
1: of mm-hmm. like an easier-to-use phone. Well, oh. I've so I, that's really my only complaint about the Note 20 Ultra. Like the mm-hmm. camera could be just a little bit better when you consider that a Pixel 4a can take pretty much just as good pictures. Stills, but yes. mm-hmm. yeah, stills. Not video, not even close. Yeah. But that display drives me crazy. So much so, I'm not a case person, but I put a case on my Note 20 Ultra because right here, this edge right here of my thumb. When typing on the screen hits the side of the screen every single time on yeah. any phone that has a curved display, and I I have to switch over to swipe typing instead of two hand typing just so that I don't have a thousand and one typos. I mean, I have a thousand and one typos anyways because I'm just stupid. But um, if only we it, could have copy editors for our. tweets and Instagram and stuff like that. That would be great. (laughs) No. And it it just drives me crazy. And honestly, the curve on the note 20 ultra, just like it was on the S 20 devices is significantly less than it was the previous year. And from the year before the curve is being pulled back and Samsung knows this, but for some reason, I think the edge, the palm rejection and edge rejection software is worse this year than oh, it's been really? in the past. I I just feel like it is. I I don't know have any way of validating. Well, it's also that. a bigger device, so I feel it like
0: it is. This, it makes for a little bit more peril when it comes to that yeah. kind of stuff. So like yeah. the meat so, of your hand, which is what Nick was pointing out. Um, mm-hmm. the meat of your thumb and the below I don't the knuckle. I,
1: I don't have meaty hands either I got skinny <laughs> hands like I can't imagine somebody who has big meaty fingers and hands just trying to type on this thing
0: you know what you're circling back Thunder E of all like he's got huge hands okay like he's yeah. a big dude right
1: he never comes
0: I don't I've never heard him complain about palm rejection so I don't know what's going on
1: here <laughs> well because his hands are so big his he holds it further away from his hands I, don't, I like, guess he, yeah. he's like holding it out like that like <laughs> he while does, I'm holding it like this.
0: Exactly. We we have sort of like the death grip, I guess, on, on our phones. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile he has like he, he's using his fingers to hold it up. What he's like
1: six foot four? He's six I, foot
0: taller. He, That's all I think of. Six he's foot yeah. taller.
1: And I like five ten.
0: You're whatever. even I'm shorter. seven. Yeah, I'm even shorter, exactly. Um so, small so, yeah. small
1: people problems.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of like needing speaking of needing to get handsy with devices let's go ahead and get into it this is our uh note uh, oh, I keep saying note uh, our <laughs> Z Fold 2 here i'm showing it off uh, head over to facebook if you want to actually see this on camera here um so i'm i have it closed right now and the first thing i want to mention for this next like 10 uh, 15 to 20 minutes left that we have of the show the i don't know if the galaxy fold the original one did this but the Z Fold 2 makes a very good case for thinner phones overall because this like straight up candy bar in my hand mm-hmm. actually is kind of dope like i have to say this the having a, a taller display and i mean it i mean a narrow phone i mean it.
1: so y- you mean edge
0: to edge narrow exactly like because you could say like oh but the experience do that not not to this extent though like this is forced to really be narrow and i keep thinking to myself you know what i get it opening up the fold and i'm doing it right now Opening up the fold makes it so incredible to have, like, a pocketable tablet, sure. But you know what? I, c- I kind of want a narrow phone. Someone should make a really narrow phone soon.
1: <laughs> well, and so Sony's done this with their it's 21 by 9 aspect ratio displays and the fact that they still, you know, have a border up on top and below because they don't have the thinnest bezels around their displays. It does make it more appealing when you're browsing content, just having honestly like you even though it's not as large of a display having a narrower display means you fit more content that's vertical so if you're scrolling your instagram feeds you're scrolling your twitter feeds or things like that you see a lot more content at once than you typically would on a display that's slightly wider but to the other thinness aspect that phone the z fold 2 and how thick it is when it's folded <laughs> just drives me crazy. Well, like okay. we've been see we've been seeing all the images and some of the videos of the Surface Duo and how thin that is. Yeah the-, the two sides compared to compared to that like this looks like it's out of, you know, the 1950s. And the the Surface Duo is the next generation device. Like this no. is that's literally two phones stacked on top of each other.
0: Which is what I was about to say because I guess the priority when it comes to this. And actually, you know what? Let me uh, let me change up the view real quick. And by the way, check out uh, check out Nick's background there. Um, so yeah, I have the phone folded right now and it is a thick boy. It is definitely a thick thing. But once you open it up, it is the thinness of a typical let's say like note device. And this is this is obviously where um Samsung wants you to prioritize your usage. It's all about this is no like no phone before this has invited you or invited me rather to use it to its full ex- to its fullest extent. It is straight up like doing the the come hither <laughs> they come here, their finger, and trying to say like, "Come on, just open me up, have some fun, just, just do it. You just do it. It'll be fun. Come on." <laughs> and that's what the Z Fold Two is constantly doing to me. Is always like, "Yeah, open it up. It'll be better."
1: <laughs> yeah, I. But so how not, is it? It's not when about you... this.
0: Like this, the screen on the outside is is great. It is the upgrade that was required. And you're right. Doing things like. Here's Instagram. Instagram on this screen does look great. It does uh, scroll up. The candy bar is amazing for that. But how is Instagram on the inside screen? Because I heard it doesn't. Open it up. Let's see it. There it is. There it is. We have (laughs) black bars. Black bar. Well, not really black bars, but depending on your wallpaper, it might actually. uh, Oh, it shows the wallpaper. Well, just the colors like per se. It's like a sort of blurred out version of it. Um, but yeah, this is what happens. Instagram needs to get their act together
1: because this is not cool. (laughs) Having to cut the display. Instagram doesn't care. Have you seen Instagram on an iPad? Oh, I was told about that. I don't have an iPad. So
0: like, yeah, isn't it the same thing? Like it blows up to the size of the screen and you're just scrolling through huge pictures, right?
1: Well, it's, it doesn't blow up to like default. It's the size of what it would be on your iPhone dead center in the middle with black all the way around. And then you can expand it to full screen. And then that's not much better either, right? <laughs> no, so it just blows up <laughs> what it should be on an iPhone. So yeah, it's uh, Instagram I, doesn't care. They they think it should be used on a phone and at, at a certain aspect ratio, and that's about it.
0: Well, because I will admit, like, okay, so I'm scrolling through YouTube right now. I will admit, like, it's 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 sprawling across like literally the whole display so when you're scrolling through content and all that stuff like it's just taking up all this space and like it's it's pretty nuts i'm not gonna lie um yeah we do definitely need just sort of better experiences on a tablet screen but we've been saying that about android tablets forever now um but you know what at least oh my goodness i just looked on my main screen Oops! and i just turned it off Uh, By the way, just going through a couple of the specs for anybody still curious about the uh, Z Fold 2. I mean, you probably all know by now. But yeah, um, fingerprint reader embedded into the power button, so no in-display or anything like that. So that's been a slight adjustment. I just want to show off real quick. Look at that. It's 102 right now at 11 a.m. here in L.A.
1: where We have our Labor Day weekend heat wave. (sighs) You, you should come to Cleveland it's uh, about 75 Oh God beautiful I hate you. <laughs> so I'll, I'll turn I'll turn the camera out the window a little bit later and it's just gorgeous I will say and uh, there's a video about to go out
0: hopefully around now I'm not sure because Jaime's taking care of the back end stuff right now I did do a video about my first 24 to 48 hours with this phone I literally vlogged like how I feel as I'm using it for the first time because I did not have the original Galaxy Fold. Um, I never bought it. I used it for like a couple of hands-on at IFA actually last year is where I used it. And um, I don't know what it's really like to use a foldable of this nature on the daily. I don't know if if you had that experience last year.
1: Uh, no, same as you. I only, the Samsung didn't send me one. I was able to use one for a couple days, uh, borrowed it from a friend mm-hmm. and, uh, that was it. I mean, I do have the galaxy Z flip, uh, which I honestly really love. That's an amazing device. Um, but th- I mean, the concept is a little bit different because it opens up into a regular size display rather than yes. a tablet. So yes. the, the, functionality, like the The usability of a foldable display and the mechanism of how it works is pretty much the same, but the usability of the device, as in the different form factor, is a completely different ballgame. Indeed. But honestly, like I'm not, if I have the option of buying a phone in a regular size or a jumbo size, I personally go for the regular size. I always buy the Pixel Four, not the Pixel Four XL. Uh, last year I bought the Note 10, not the Note uh, 10 Plus or whatever. Yeah, yeah last was year plus. was the Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they keep changing it up. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm a fo- small phone kind of guy. Uh, I do have some android tablets here or there but i use them as media devices more than anything i don't ever use them to browse the web or do things like that so i i think the larger display is lost on me simply because i that's not a way that i consume content which is exactly where
0: because i did my unboxing and i shared concerns and one of my main concern in that concerns in that video was I just don't, it was literally called the text on the bottom on my video over at JV, over at my channel, my personal channel. It literally said finding the use cases because, yes, there are reasons why a big screen like this is, or like, big screens are great. Like, they are fun. And I keep saying this is a fun phone. It's a very fun device. Um, The multitasking, yes, you can make a case for that. You can have two apps. Three is a little egregious if you ask me. But two apps like YouTube on the left, Twitter on the right, or maybe you're reading a Kindle book on the left and you're typing on the right, like you're noting down. I'm Mm -hmm. learning how to notate more often in my daily life. Um, But yeah, like you could do stuff like that. That's great. I get it. It's cool. But aside from those two scenarios, fun, bigger games, bigger media, or just the slight multitasking that you might have to search for in order to get the most out of this phone, what else is this really
1: giving you? See, this is where I think you should have Michael Fisher on to talk about it because he's completely enamored with the form factor uh, foldable devices, and um, he might have the answer for you because I certainly don't. Because it's <laughs> not it's my like the the Z Flip is the form factor that I think foldable displays is more suitable for. Mm-hmm. Get us get a regular size and put it away, make it smaller. I don't want to make something bigger because that's just not how I consume things. And same goes for tablets. Like people are like, you know, you have this 10 inch tablet here. You could browse the web and read this article a little bit better. But I honestly, I would rather get a laptop and put it on my lap so that I don't have to hold this two pound device in my hands While reading something with a laptop, I can just let it sit there and I don't have to use my hands in order to hold it up. So for me, it's those kinds of trade-offs of, you know, this is heavier than it should be. It's heavier than a piece of paper. It's heavier than a magazine. If I'm going to have something digital, I want it small that I can hold actually with one hand, not something that's going to force me to hold with two hands and i agree with that um
0: though i will say that the weight the sheer weight because it is a heavy phone uh the sheer weight of this device makes it feel much more secure when i use it in tablet mode i'll I'll call it tablet mode or unfolded mode whatever um I, i will admit like you know any other tablet like even that lenovo tablet that you just showed off like it still feels like a little precarious no matter what kind of uh grip you have on it but on this thing it's like you have the ease of a phone in a larger size. And I was like, that that kind of strikes me every time I do it. I'm just like roaming around my house right now, watching YouTube on this thing, like in my face, walking around, almost running into stuff. Like, <laughs> But the but weight see, of the has- phone makes it feel better.
1: Well, it okay, has got a stand. And also, <laughs> this is very good for one-handed. It's thicker on one side, like a magazine folded in half, and you hold it with one hand. True. I was it.
0: thinking more the other side, like the thinner no, parts the of the... other yeah. side, that's horrible. That's yeah. horrible.
1: No, and so, like, every, every form factor has its use cases, uh, but then every person has their use for content and devices as well. And it's not going to be something that's going to appeal to everybody. It appeals to me because I'm a geek and I love new technology and I want to use new technology, no matter if it's going to be making my life easier or harder. And so I don't, I don't think I would be a good judge as to whether or not this is good for the general consumer because my perspective on it, I would be positive towards it from the perspective of it's something new and innovative rather than this actually makes my life easier. Because honestly, I don't think it would make my life easier in any way.
0: Exactly, and I think, um, and you're right. I should have Michael on at some point. Um, I just—he's one of those people that you have to like book. Like, you got to we- book
1: him <laughs> like six months in advance. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, talk and to then, his agent. And 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 if you and if you didn't realize by now, I I don't plan that far ahead usually. I, I will uh, I will moving forward because um, I'll make the announcement probably at the end of the show, but. Um, yeah, like I'll ask him probably right after our show's done today if he wants to be on next week. But anyway, the thing is, I agree with you. Like it may not actually make my essentials every single day easier, let's say easier, but it might make them better because it'll just make it so that you have more enjoyment with it. Like mm-hmm. um, I can already see Michael, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but I can imagine him already saying stuff like, yeah, but try writing those same notes on a Pixel 4a. And I'm like, I agree with you, yes. Um, like if I wake up in the morning and I do like my gratitude journal on this, even using the split keyboard and I'm just like typing away and it's easier. It's more, it's fundamentally a little bit better because the screen is bigger. It's easier on my eyes. I can type easier because there's more screen real estate. Uh, we'll probably end up bringing up the gaming, uh, aspect like call of duty mobile on this thing is incredible. I will say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have way more real estate, and it's even more... It's even more... Like, if you do three... I don't know how... I don't know Nick's play style, but I do three-finger claw grip. Um, yeah, like, it's the most comfortable on-screen gaming experience I've ever had with Call of Duty Mobile. But the thing is, it's like, you're paying a lot of money to enhance the things you already do. You know? Is, is that the right way to put it? You know? that's yeah. just it's a weird thing for me to try and justify. That's my biggest deal right
1: now. Yeah. I mean, so it's one of those things where it's, do you spend, you know, a thousand dollars and get a hundred percent of the experience, or do you spend $2,000 and get 110% of the experience? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it does make the experience better in some situations, but is the price really justified when you consider how much better the experience is and that's that's where the geek in me says new tech great always worth the price versus I'm a regular consumer this is a complete waste of money yeah. so, you know it's kind of it's kind of weighing those those balances there just to see you know at, at what point is the return on investment really thrown out the window and i'll say like
0: There's no saying that if you are like, just to to be clear, if you are a fan of this, if you are so into this that you are like, I gotta have it more power to you. We're not saying that it's a waste of money for you. We're just saying in sort of like general sense, it's hard to look at a phone like this. When we've already been extolling the virtues, which is one of my favorite phrases, when we've already been praising the Pixel 4a for existing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, well, and so, like, here's my thing I could buy a Pixel 4a, which has an amazing camera, decent performance, great software, and a $1,600 gaming laptop. Yeah. For the price of this phone. Actually, and even less.
0: I have for, a $1,300 gaming laptop waiting to be reviewed.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I am I'm, I have a $1,000 gaming laptop on it. But like for a 1600 gaming laptop, that's a good device. You're looking mm-hmm. at a oh, premium yeah, yeah. product. You're not looking at a cheapo, you know, whatever. You're looking at a premium product that has top-of-the-line performance. I mean, yeah, you could go, you know, up to $3,000 if you wanted. But for the price of this phone, you could get a good phone that everybody has been praising with a great camera and a full laptop that could do any video editing that you could throw at it video games whatever game you wanted and it would just it would be less than the price of this foldable display phone so yes. what you what you get to is you're paying a premium for a display technology because it's still they're they're calling this their third generation I'm still calling this their first generation display technology because they haven't changed anything with the display yet to make it cheaper. The it, second it's gener- mostly what's around
0: it that keeps yeah. it from yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, once they get to Gen two, where this no longer costs two thousand dollars just because of the display, and we're looking at a seventeen hundred dollar device or a fifteen hundred dollar device, then the perspective and the conversation completely changes around that. But we're still looking at something that is two thousand dollars i mean you could buy a car for that much it wouldn't be a good one it would be more than a decade old I but you like could you,
0: i feel like you bring that up every episode is that you've but once you could, done that
1: <laughs> you could literally buy a car for two thousand dollars
0: yeah um and you know what I, I i keep thinking of what commenters would say in response to a thought like that Because it is something I want to say in my in like final reviews and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, but you're such a specific type of user. Like you need to have the video editing and the gaming, and that's why you would get the laptop. But then I would argue back there are people Everybody's a
1: specific type of user.
0: Exactly. I would argue back that people will come back to us and say, Yeah, but you know, paying $2,000 for this phone makes a lot of sense because I work in like, um, I work in like manufacturing and the big screen is perfect for me to like get a lot of sort of logistics done and stuff like that. That's why they have tablets. So there's a lot of tablets in the manufacturing industry. And like, you know, this this will give me that while still being a personal phone and a personal device, you know, and it's like, okay, great. Isn't that a specific user too? <laughs> like,
1: mm-hmm. Well, and so I, I'll get into this. $2,000 on a smartphone is for a very specific users, because I would say the regular consumer who would buy this and would actually need it and could justify it on a price basis would be someone who's earning over $60,000 a year, right? Like most people don't want to spend, like people hold on to their phones for two years because they don't want to spend $600 to get a new phone. So if the average consumer doesn't want to spend $600 on a new phone, and the average consumer is buying phones that are $600 or less, we've seen Samsung lose significant sales with their $1,000 smartphones. So if they're not selling as many $1,000 smartphones, how many $2,000 smartphones, how many people are there who would actually say, forget about all the features. Let's say this had This had everything, and it had some flip-out laser and could go hunting, and I I don't know. It had everything you could ever imagine, but it was $2,000. It still wouldn't sell simply for the fact that it's $2,000. Nobody wants this. Well, people, some people do, but it is a very limited number of people who would justify spending $2,000 on a phone. And it's the
0: same, it's the exact same idea that I put out for Samsung phones in general. Samsung is all about put every feature under the sun into our main flagship smartphones. And then people justify for themselves that i quote unquote need this phone because of everything it can do only to realize that on the daily they are scrolling through instagram never using the stuff they paid for now Mm -hmm. this this particular uh, foldable smartphone makes a pretty compelling case for paying that premium to literally blow up that experience i give samsung credit so far for providing a compelling case for a larger display to enhance your everyday experience. But you have to justify for yourself if $2000 is enough to make your YouTube,
1: your Twitter, your Instagram mm-hmm. bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is it. Well, and consider it would like your YouTube really doesn't get bigger because yeah. if you, if you go full screen, the video size that I would get on say an eight, the pro. 8 8 Pro would be about the same size as what you would get there
0: and even then instagram is another idea like you get it you get a slightly bigger instagram but it's still not the full display
1: yeah so like it's not utilizing the footprint that you get like the full display works really well for for typing for browsing the web and a couple other things where you can cram a lot of content in but when you have media specifically where it's a specific form factor it changes it up and doesn't offer the same value as what you would get on any other device and display. Yeah. So that's... That being said, I still want to use one. I still want to try it. I, I want to review it because the nerd in me, just like the nerd in everybody who's listening to this podcast, because let's admit it, we're all nerds and we all just want the latest tech. There's something about having that latest bit of technology that is pushing the form factors in a completely different direction. And yeah, they, they totally need credit for that. I don't think it's perfect yet, but that doesn't mean uh, there's not somebody out there who it's suited for. Yeah, I agree. Um, yes,
0: it's I, I just there's no I, I can't get past just the one key phrasing that I will say in every piece of content. This is a fun phone. Is it mm-hmm. a necessary phone? That's such a hard question to answer. So hard to answer. Um, and it's going to be relative to each user. So I think that's our main takeaway so far. Um, but yeah, I have no doubt that this is going to be like a highly rated device. Everyone's going to say like, you know, it's it's like when a really great video game comes out and it's like 10s across the board, but then everyone's like, you know, there are parts of it, though, that I don't think everyone will be into, but it is a 10. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It's, it's going to be one of those things. Um, okay. Well, that pretty much should do it for this week's episode of the Pocket Now Weekly podcast. Uh, Nick, thank you again. Uh, I, it's a last minute edition, and I hope that we're not taking up too much of your time. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Go ahead and let everybody know where to find you.
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Nick M Gray, Twitter, Instagram, uh, or else all of my coverage for Android-related products on Fandroid.com or YouTube.com/slash Fandroid.
0: Awesome! All right, uh, give everyone. Well, <laughs> what was I was about to say? Everyone, give Nick a round of applause. <laughs> um, they're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, um, we'll go ahead and head over to. Blah, I, Man, such a great one-hour episode, and I'm losing my train of thought in uh, in minute one hour and four. Oh my goodness! Okay. With all that said, we'll get to the rest of the links uh, you can, where you can follow Pocket Now and myself in the outro starting now. All of the links for Nick Gray across the internet are found in the show notes. You can also follow me across the interwebs on social media at Tea because you know me, I'm JV, I love tech, and I love to drink me some tea. I also have my own YouTube channel where I am doing even more content on the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2 and, of course, my own videos over at youtube.com slash joshuavergara. You can follow Pocketnow on social media at Pocketnow on Twitter and Instagram and, of course, the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Pocket Now, where videos are coming out basically every single day. With all of that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast, and we will see you in our next episode.